the UDM chief Web Ngabayomzi Kwangwa, who will give us his reaction to this. Thanks for speaking to us. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Uh, Sakina, this is a crisis of titanic proportions. Uh, Why? That is, putting it, that is putting it mildly. I think, as as the two speakers have already highlighted, the previous speakers, that remember when you deal with the finance portfolio, you handle it with care because it's very fragile. Because the manner in which you run that portfolio will determine as to whether people are going to invest money into your country. And you are dealing with investors here, the sentiments and what the global community is actually saying about you, all those perceptions. Now, so what, you, have, those, you, what have they been saying about us under no, 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 the I'm saying, stewardship? No, no problem. If, if you remember correctly, uh, there was a bit of jittery. You know, the market was a bit jittery last year when Minister Nene was appointed into that position. But they were able to find solace in the fact that he had been groomed, you know, to take over at some point because they had deputized. First, he was the chairperson of the Standing Committee of Finance for many years, so he understood financial matters. The second point was that he later on became the deputy minister of finance, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning during that period, he was able to learn the ropes and how it's done, you know, how, the, how one manages the portfolio in finance. But now when you look at my former, let me call it my ex-colleague, uh, Mr. David Van Royen, that has not been done for him. It's almost like he's being set up to fail because he's given this responsibility without having had a proper background as to how a finance department is actually run, apart from the experience that he gets uh, sitting in the Standing Committee on Finance and dealing with financial matters. But the issue also here is that when you're dealing with the finance portfolio, you want to create a certain level of consistency, dependability, and if you like, a certain level of predictability. For instance, if you put a plan in place, you say you want to achieve it over a period of five years or 10 years or or 20, 30, if you look at the NDP, it means that you need to have the right people, competent uh, cadres who who will be able to implement whatever programs you're going to put in place, which will take us to the, or put the, the economy on a higher economic growth trajectory. That's what you want to do. But now if you chop and change ministers of finance for no apparent reason, because you can't call the reason that President Zuma gave the nation last night as, as something worth listening to or something that holds water. You can't move a minister of finance and say he's going to be redeployed to a strategic position. What can be more important than stabilizing the economy of the country? What can be more important than protecting the value of the South African rand and then making sure that we grow the economy. For instance, the speculations that you hear in the market, that uh, outside that um, is going to be redeployed to the BRICS bank, is laughable if it were to happen. Because now you're saying to, you're saying to the country that the BRICS bank is actually more important than your own country. I've never heard of such nonsense in my entire life. Uh, but the other issue here is that, uh, if you remember correctly, there are other political dynamics at play. Firstly, it's, uh, it's the, the usual suspect, uh, SAA, and the role that uh, Dudu Mieni always plays in such matters. Uh, what do you mean that she always plays? No, no. She's almost like a party pooper when it comes to these matters. I think Honorable Tatulekot has actually highlighted many stories that start from Minister Kikabas, them, and, and even now under, under Lynn Brown, Minister Lynn Brown, and now even with Minister, Fine, Minister Nene, but in fairness, it's all speculation. 
It's right. We're allowed to speculate because mm-hmm. they're not giving us the facts. So if they're actually not communicating with us properly, they will allow speculation to set in. But I know for a fact, we know for a fact as the United Democratic Movement that even in an ANC study group about matters that relate to FAA, there were a number of disagreements between the Minister of Finance, for instance, and Dudumini about how they were handling the matter at FAA, right? Now, a few weeks after that happened, you have a Minister of Finance that has been redeployed. The second issue also has to do, obviously, with the matter with the Airbus, the swap deal, which Minister Nene was trying to be strict to say that we need to implement the deal as it was initially agreed upon out before, that is, before the intervention that was made by Dudumini. Now, if you, if you put all these factors and these matters into consideration, it's very easy for one to arrive at a conclusion that Minister Nene was removed for other political dynamics that are at play in the finance portfolio other than the reasons that were given last night. In fact, we're not given any reason last night. Mm-hmm. Now, look at, the, look at the rent and how it plummeted last night by 80 cents against the dollar. Look at the fact that we're downgraded. Actually, last week, we were downgraded by Fitch and Standard & Poor not so long ago. And when you... Some would say under Nene as Yes, but remember, it's not Minister Nene's watch, but he was implementing ANC policies. It's not Minister Nene who unilaterally took a decision. So we're still going to be looking at ANC policy, so does it matter who no, actually... No, we, we, we sought out our finances as a country, and to a large extent, we felt like Minister Nene was de- doing that, but under very, very difficult conditions. But we, to because be fair, we can't yeah. predict that the new minister would not be able to do that. It reminds Let me, me of um, mm-hmm. uh, when the chief justice was appointed and the sort of brouhaha around that uh, with Mukhoeng no. Mukhoeng. It was a similar sort of thing. You know, people did not even give him the time of day. He was said he was uh, to be a Zuma man and he's going to do this, that and the other. And amazing how people have changed their tune uh, at this point. Is it not possible that we could find ourselves in that sort of situation yet again? I think the issue with uh, Chief Justice Mukhoeng Mukhoeng at the time, it was his close proximity maybe to President Zuma rather than more about his competence levels. But for example, if you go back to what even uh, Honorable Kodongwan said in your news bulletin, he said he described him as a humble man. Uh, he didn't say anything about his competence level as to whether or not the ANC is prepared him for that role. You know, it was, he was at a loss of words. He said he's, hum- he's humble. Yes, we, we like the fact that he's humble, but he's ready, he's competent. Is he the best person to do the job? The answer is an emphatic no at the present moment, especially when we consider the conditions under, we, under which we find our, ourselves as a country. But the second issue is, if you want to take someone, say, for instance, from, from Parliament, say, who's uh, doing parliamentary work and committee work, why didn't you go for the chairperson of the Standing Committee on Finance? Yes. Mm-hmm. You understand okay. issues. Why didn't you take the chairperson, for example, of the Standing Committee on Appropriations? Right? They are both former cabinet ministers who know exactly what's happening. If you're under pressure to change your cabinet or reshuffle, why did you move Patel, for, for instance, from economic development to finance? Well, those are some good questions. And, of course, these are the questions that South Africans would love to have answered. We're still awaiting the reasons. And uh, that was Ngabayonzi Kwankwa from the UDM, their chief whip.